0: You'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast powered by the War Report. It's Thursday. I got my girl Brandy Mack and my guy, Auburn Memes, here with me to talk a little Auburn football. Guys, it's here. Auburn is three and one by the graces of the football gods. Allah, whatever God you believe in has helped Auburn get to three and one through four weeks of the season. Wild game versus Missouri. I had that marked as one you absolutely could not lose. They tried to lose it in every way possible. Missouri said, hold my beer. We're going to take one for the team here. Drink, giving his former boss the win by fumbling away the win in overtime into the end zone. Auburn has LSU up next and there's not a lot of hope on the planes right now. Uh, The way they've won games has not been impressive. And uh, there's a lot of talk about who the next coach is going to be. Now, we're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about is what Auburn can do against LSU. Today, I want to talk about Robbie Ashford. And I want to pose a question, a simple one. Is Robbie Ashford Auburn's only hope? The O-line has been terrible. Now, Brandy, you had some O-line stats uh, that we talked about before the podcast that were pretty interesting. You want to share with share that with us so we can expound on it a little?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, this is in terms of run blocking. The percentage of rushes for zero yards or fewer was 42.2%. Um, wow. Yeah, that's pretty drastic. Um, another stat um, we did see Holden in the game this past Saturday. Um, he had three pass attempts, and he was sacked on those two of those three attempts. Um, It's not looking good when it comes to this O-line and it doesn't help either that uh, Tate Johnson is now hurt and out for six to eight weeks as well. So Jalil Urban has been named the starter in place of him. And we can only hope that brings, you know, some, some fresh air into the O-line maybe, uh, maybe what we need there, who knows, but things are not looking good when it comes to that line. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I think Robbie is really the only hope. He He's the only one we've seen that's able to actually open up the field. And, you know, it's the only thing that has really allowed Tank to be able to do what Tank does best from from my perspective, at least.
0: Memes. Uh, Robbie Ashford almost got hurt trying to throw a block on Saturday. And Holden Gariner came in for two drives. Those drives were awful. Uh, they did not look good. He threw one good pass to Shanker. Uh, he was two for three passing, but, you know, as Brandy mentioned before the pod, he was sacked twice in the short time that he was in the game. You know, uh, uh, Robbie Ashford seems to be the only hope here. T.J. Finley is listed as or on the death chart next to Holden Gerriter at the number two. Uh, but it seems as if Brian Harsin has decided to put all his chips on Robbie Ashford uh, from now until such a time that he... Cannot anymore. How do you, how do we feel about Robbie Ashford taking the reins of this offense?
2: Yeah. Robbie's, Robbie's issue right now is going to be the, the scheme and the play calling and the game plan. I mean, that, that is by far his biggest issue right now. We can talk O line. We know that is what it is and has been for quite some time. And you know, I, when I was re the Missouri game and you'd ask any Missouri fan, they don't, they're not in love with their offensive line, and we saw it's not fantastic this past weekend. But also, too, Drinkwitz at least had some game plans for some quick passes, get it outside, do X, Y, and Z to help set up some easy runs. And you saw a lot of that with Missouri. There were dump passes to the outside. There was some play action that allowed a quarterback to roll out. Their game planning put the quarterback in better position. So Mm -hmm. it just, from what we've seen in four games, it just does not, I I just don't know how anybody could argue that the game plan and the play calling has been that of which that would put our players, specifically the quarterback, in a position for success. And I think anybody can unbiasedly say, this isn't a Robbie issue. This is not a TJ Finley issue. It's a little bit bigger than that. And it's nice that it's not the quarterbacks, because I think they've gotten uh, TJ improved. And I think Robbie has... Exceeded a lot of expectation for some and probably met expectations for those that had high hopes for him. But with how dynamic of a player Robbie is, I think you have to have what his potential ceiling is to make up for the lack of other issues that are that I previously mentioned. TJ, I, TJ definitely better than last year. TJ was an improved quarterback for sure. But given what the offensive line play is, it just seems that TJ's ceiling may have been hit probably I think most would probably agree that Robbie might have a little bit higher of a ceiling if he can continue to develop and get those reps, but they just got to call a game that can allow him to put himself in a position to help Auburn win or just shoot, help him move the ball, score points, anything. So like it or not, uh, he's the guy. I think every person waits their whole life for this. That is makes it to football at this level. and you're always going to have some adversity there. And in this case, he's got a whole lot of it and it's just rising to the occasion. And I think uh, you kind of briefly mentioned this too, but his biggest challenge now is to to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, listen,
0: uh great thing about listening to uh, the Auburn express power by the war report is information is always coming in. So as we are recording on this fine Thursday, um, I've got information that, Brandon Council is going to be at center this Saturday. So they're moving Council to center, and they're they're clearly trying to address some deficiencies on this O-line. So um, that's, I think, a little bit of an encouraging shift, acknowledging that you have issues and trying to find a combination of this that works uh, for this team to help them. So uh, center, Tate Johnson, Jaleel Irvin, everybody at center, not named Nick Brahms, is struggling. And when I heard Brahms was going to be out, I wanted to change a lot of my predictions for how I felt like this offense would go. I had him in my top five most important players for Auburn this 2022 season. So his early retirement certainly hurt. Um, Also coming in, uh, I feel like we, we... I don't feel like. We may see more of a quick game from Auburn this Saturday. Now, game plan memes, you just hit on it. The game plan seemed like it was still contingent upon a lot of slow developing plays when your line just can't hold blocks and we've got to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands fast enough to give this line some reprieve keep the defense off balance and maybe make some space for these running backs so uh in a quick game offense i wonder are we going to get more wide receivers on the field or are they going to stay in love with these tight ends which in my opinion guys it's not working shankers having a terrible season um you know with penalties and drops and you know deal is missing blocks and the tight ends that was supposed to be one of the uh, position groups we were most excited about coming into the season it's just not working you know how do we feel you know is how hard is the pivot from what they were doing to a quick game offense you know, five games into the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is going to be really important against this LSU defense because this is a defense that ranks number 12 in the country and they're number one in the SEC on turnovers gained. So this is going to be really important to have a different offense. And I agree, a quick offense. And when you talk about getting more receivers out there on the field, the first person that comes to mind is somebody who I feel like has been a playmaker when we have thrown the ball and thrown it well, and that's Coy Moore and then also Landon King. I want to see both of those guys out on the field more. If they are still in love with tight ends, then go to Landon King because he used to play that position. So um, those are two guys I would love to see more on the field this Saturday, and I feel like that those guys can attribute to a quick offense um, and an efficient offense too.
0: Yeah, I like Coy Moore, man. Listen, he is a baller. Now, he tripped over his own feet on Saturday wide open with nobody in front of him for like 15 yards. And I know he wants that back. I, I I would attribute that to lack of playing time. Like he's just trying to get his game legs under him. So got the ball, saw open field, got a little excited, you know, and the turf monster got him. But uh, four receiver sets, man, I, I I think Auburn's wide receiver group might be underrated, one of the most underrated groups on the field. But the quarterbacks aren't getting time to throw, so we're not seeing what those guys can do. Memes four receiver set spread type offense Yeah, you know uh, how different would this be what a big pivot right from what we've seen the
2: first four games yeah we've we've said it numerous times the whole we got to burn it down yeah it, it's about getting that time to where what's what's happening isn't exactly working uh, i think we've got plenty of stat sheets and data to point at that and a lot of um tweets going around pointing out uh some really egregious stat lines so you can only have so much of that before you've got to look in the mirror and say, okay, our philosophy of just we're going to execute everything. And, I mean, how how many times has Brian Harson said, since he, his initial press conference on Christmas Eve, execute, execute, execute. We're going to execute. We're going to execute. We're going to execute. That is his thing to say, and it's very obvious that that's not happening. Well, there comes a point to where if you're not executing it and we're on game five and it's not how it needs to be, there may be some personnel issues that are not allowing you to execute what you want to. So at that point, as a coach, you've got to acknowledge, hey, you know what? It's not going to happen. At this point, we do not have the Jimmys and Joes to execute it how we do. But that doesn't mean there's not other ways that we can mix this up to help complement what we're good at and help prop up some of the things that we struggle with. And what they have game planned in the offseason just is not working with the personnel that Auburn has it's undeniable Un- unless they're just yeah it's undeniable I'm not even going to give a what if scenario there it-, it is what it is at this point we've had four home games against some teams that are really less talented than auburn minus penn state the product has still been the same scaled up no matter what so what do you got to do get some quick passes get your wide receivers have proven unlike last year that these guys can be playmakers and it's just it's crazy cuz Bobo tried to get the ball to those wide receivers so much. And we remember, especially the first half of the season, all those drops and all those bad throws. And now it's like, we've got guys out there that are getting open. They're making catches. They're getting yards after the catch. And we're not making a great effort to get it to them for one reason or another. And you're right. I mean, these sets are not working, having two tight ends in there. I Luke Deal and uh John Samuel Shanker have been just watching this film, especially just to zoom in on it. You can just really see that these guys are getting
0: That's really right.
2: having a tough time struggling with picking up these blocks. So all right. It's on film. After every press conference, Brian Harson says, We're gonna look at the film, look at the film. Well, this is on film now. You've got tape, you've got multiple weeks of tape. These are your struggles. There's no more denying what they are, you've got it in front of you. You're not going to execute it at this point. Another good week of practice is not going to make that happen. You've had weeks and weeks of good practices, and it's not changing when it actually counts. Shift some things around. Get the sets right. Get your play calling right to let the guys be in better positions to make some plays. and don't have to be fancy. Keep it conservative. Keep it simple. And it's it's funny to even go back to it because I think that's what everybody got so frustrated with Gus about. But it's almost like, well. Some of the speed, some of the gimmick stuff, tossing around. I know, I can't believe I'm even saying this this phrase right now because everyone's going to have some PTSD when I see it. But, like, what about a little screen? What about a little screen pass in there? That was the bane of our existence <laughs> for years. And now I think people would applaud if they just saw a, a quick release screen to the side just to see if a wide receiver can make it. Yeah. Play. The lack of a screen game has probably
0: been the most shocking, right? Uh, with a line that's giving up pressure, a screen here or two would keep the defense honest when they over-pursue. Bingo. Now, Robbie Ashford, it seems, if you're going to a quick pass offense, Robbie Ashford uh, is going to get a chance to showcase his arm really for the first time consistently in this game. So, uh, uh, two-step drop, bam, hit a receiver. He's going to have to be accurate. And on time with the football. Now, I don't know if you guys remember during the Missouri game, there was a throw across the middle to I think it was Shedrick Jackson. And Robbie threw the ball behind him as like fourth and two or so, or third and two. He threw the ball behind him and the ball was caught, but again, he got stopped short of the first down because the ball was behind him. So accuracy is going to be really important, And I think, if they're changing offensive philosophies. And this is going to be the this is really going to be show whether Harson has the ability to adapt, right? Like you had a bad game plan coming into the season and I don't think that could be understated. Now I've supported this coach publicly, but I will say you got to call a spade a spade. This this offense has looked like 10 shades of shit for 4 games, right? And you've got to turn it around, so you've got to do something. I guess my question just is, they seemed so committed to the 12-personnel game plan. How much could they really have prepared for this totally different thing that they're going to try to do on Saturday, potentially? Is it going to be a disaster? Is it going to just look like, hey, we haven't practiced this enough, so we can't pull this off?
1: Yeah, and you know, I would much rather see that than staying committed to the same thing that just is not working. Um, I would much rather see a totally different game plan out there and it just blows up in our face than go out there playing the same thing that we've seen all season and you know basically seeing the same results. Um, but the good news is LSU hasn't seen film on what a potential new game plan would be. So, take advantage of that. You know, yeah,
0: that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah. Is there, take, in any take world of that, yeah, in and any like world, I said screenplays. We haven't really seen very many of those. And the key for Auburn on offense is getting the ball to those playmakers. Run a running back screen with Tank over the middle. Like, come on, like that. Yes. That sounds so simple, but. You know, we really haven't done that this season. Yeah, uh, well, little out play action sure pass. Like Brandy,
0: you've convinced <laughs> me. This has been one big setup by Brian Harson, uh, to play <laughs> yeah. like crap for four games and show them nothing happened. going into the hardest stretch of the schedule and against Georgia. He's put nothing on tape. This was his plan all along to go to four and one. Uh I choose to believe that. Whether you choose to believe that or not is completely up to you and your belief in God. But I believe There's a higher power at work here, and they're going to come out. They did all this just to not show LSU anything. Well, I did catch (laughs) why they
1: did all this, but LSU doesn't have anything to go off of except for what we've shown them, so show them something you haven't shown them yet. Why not? Yeah, I I mean, why not at
0: this point? Everybody's talking about you getting fired. You might as well just pull out all the stops, right?
2: I caught the guy on the sideline spraying that ball with Pam right before Missouri's final play, so... All right, Mike didn't think that was funny. All right, crickets. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right, flaw. I need a flaw right, sound effect right here. Yeah, yeah. Sound I mean. delay in the
0: headphones. Sound delay in the headphones. But guys, I mean, um, this is this is a second year head coach going up against a first year SEC head coach, but also obviously not a first year head coach in college football. And Brian Kelly, he brought a pedigree in with him from Notre Dame. Uh, I. Notre Dame probably one of the most consistently overrated teams in college football. I don't like Brian Kelly. I think it's always important to remember that he killed a guy, uh, and I don't like him. But other than that, uh, he has done a serviceable job with LSU through a few games. Now, he inherited a lot of talent, and he seems to have figured out quarterback a little bit. You know, what are we expecting from LSU? What, what is LSU's thoughts coming into this game? Is there any way Auburn catches LSU sleeping because they bought all the hype about Auburn being terrible? Does this become a trap game for LSU?
2: I don't think anybody would say that. I, I, I definitely okay. think there is. I think there's an angle there for sure. I think the media, I mean, there's people already saying Auburn may not beat Western Kentucky. So I think if the if they're so down on you that bad, you're not even going to be able to say that this is a trap game but that that is the thing with a trap game is the the less people talk about it the more trappier it is i mean appalachian state to tech m that was not a trap game look at the results and we've seen a handful of those already with multiple schools this season that lost just completely you know absurd games not same conference games but it's at home, it's at night, and one factor that I'm really looking at is what is this weather going to do? Is the field going to be wet? Are we going to be looking at an inch of rain during kickoff time? Because if there's some kind of craziness like that, who knows what can happen there? So there's a lot of factors that could go into this, but you never you never count out what a rivalry game can be because let's not forget 2012, LSU was a runner-up national championship. Auburn ended up winning three games, and they almost beat them. 2019, Auburn almost beat them. Auburn has a history of keeping it close with good LSU teams at home as 2019 was away. But point of Mm -hmm. it being, never count out what can happen in a rivalry game. I don't personally feel super confident to say that Auburn is necessarily going to have a win this weekend, but I'm not going to sit here and just say, pack it up, automatic loss, let's move to Athens.
1: Right. And I think like from a stat standpoint and everything you see on paper points to LSU winning this game. They're favored right now per Vegas odds by eight and a half points um, and everything based on the eye test, you know, says LSU. Uh these are the type of games where I personally love to bet on an underdog. Right, I don't bet on Auburn football, but I love to bet on a home underdog. I quit.
0: At- I quit. I, I had. <laughs> I did have Auburn on the money line versus LSU on one of my parlays. So when they pulled it out, I was super happy. Uh, but I'm with you on that one. It, it's it's hard to bet on Auburn right now. Uh, even to cover, right?
1: Well, it, well, it's similar to LSU and Mississippi State earlier this season. LSU was not favored in their game at home against Mississippi State at night in Death Valley. I took LSU at the points there, even though all week all you heard about was, oh LSU, you know they're not going to be able to beat Mississippi State's air raid on defense, blah blah blah. That's all you heard all week, and they go in there at their own, they they win at home, and you know, I these. I'm not saying I'm betting Auburn this weekend. I don't like to bet on my own team. I certainly don't like to bet against them. I don't like to bet for them. But when a team's back is against the wall, it can really show you a team's character. And we have talent on this team. We have playmakers on this team. And we have guys that have narratives for why they want to be LSU on this team. And Moore is number one on that list. So, Well, let's not yeah, forget, for sure. too,
2: that... Auburn didn't turn the ball over against Missouri, so that was—I think—that was a big part of the game plan too. A very odd game plan, but like, hey, keep the ball in our hands, one turnover margin, which legitimately ultimately won them the game. But the thing about this Auburn team is, let's not forget against Penn State, which I think most everybody would ar- or would agree is a better team than LSU as of right now, today, in late September. Auburn still put up 415 yards of offense on Penn State. Now they turned the ball over they four times. They did. They so did. And like it's 233 it, at the half. They yeah. led that total yards at the half. So you've got the horses to do it. And everyone and I and I've been preaching this hard like don't don't compare this year to 2012. There's way too many differences. Like there's nothing the same there. Their 2012 was not putting 415 yards on any Power 5 more or less SEC school. Auburn has shown they can do it. It's at night. It's at home. It is possible. So if you factor in a performance like that, and you can factor in that you don't turn the ball over, and you win the turn. I've said it almost every week now, so we're going to hit it again. If you can win that turnover margin, whether it be Derek Hall making a sick interception, or somebody making the just dumbest fumble of a lifetime, whatever it takes... I mean, I, we, we will be saying this phrase, even though it's been taboo, a win is a win at this point. You've shown flashes that it, the capabilities there. The talent in the right places can do it. Once again, looping back, looping back to what I said originally, what is the game plan? What is the play calling going to be? Are the coaches going to put these guys in the positions to where they can make this happen in a smart way and not get out coached and out adjusted. That'll well, be million- for the record but- memes. For the for the record
0: memes, in 2012 Auburn played LSU. The final score of that game was 12 to 10. LSU came in ranked number 2 in the nation. Auburn put up a whopping 183 yards of offense in that game, 97 passing, 86 rushing. Trey Mason led Auburn in rushing with nine carries for 54 yards, and Emory Blake led with four receptions for 56 yards. Kyle Frazier was a quarterback, tw- 13 for 22 for 97 yards and two interceptions. Obviously, no touchdowns. I mean, that it can't get. This isn't. You're right. This isn't 2012.
2: Right. Right. It does not. This the, isn't the, 2012. The ineptitude. Now, 2012 had a better offensive line, but the ineptitude of just everything else because everyone like. Oh, you know, Keystone, guys, that is no Scott Loeffler up there. Like that is that was just the the ultimate stagnant offense. Worst play calling. Say what you want about this season. It was nothing like 2012. I was a student then. I was at every single one of those home games. I still have PTSD thinking about it. Uh yeah, not the same. And we just got to hope that they can uh have the right flashes without the mistakes to make this game at least competitive. And then if you make it competitive and the right things happen, you might come out with the win. Okay. So.
1: And, and two in five out of the last six meetings between Auburn and LSU, the winner of those games has have won by a five point win margin or less in five out of the last six meetings.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Only
1: one game was a complete and utter blowout. And that was in COVID year too.
0: I'll, so, you, you guys are pumping sunshine, and I don't think you realize well, this it. is the first.
2: This is also <laughs> the first
1: that, But weird things happen in this game. This is okay, the first Farrah. late
2: night game in Jordan Hare versus LSU since 2014, which was a 41 7 Auburn victory, as we will remind everybody. So, night games in Jordan Hare go really well, and this is going to be one people are going to show up to. I mean, Missouri for 11 a.m., there were some, you know, the top corners of the decks, it was pretty hot last Saturday. There was a lot of people there. Um, they stayed a lot of that game. So I think that energy, they're going to pack the house out for this one. Is going to be It is going to be a home game. They're going to pack it out. Now, the one thing the crowd has got to do, and they've got to do it early and keep it there, and the team's got to give the crowd a reason to do this, but pour some fuel on that fire. Give them reason to be loud. And I will say there were a lot of times where they were not making a ton of noise for Missouri. Like, get up and make it hard for that LSU team to even think. And then Auburn, too, don't give up a turnover to take the wind out of the sails of your fans. Give yourself that home advantage. Do what you need to do to get that. And if they can do that, like I said, crazy things happen. Like I said, I don't personally, I don't feel great about those things happening. But no game, there's no such thing as a football game that can't be won. And... They just, there are keys to success to help put those odds in your favor, even if everything is stacked against you. And these are some of those intangible ones that they need to try to take advantage of. For sure. For sure. Guys, uh, great
0: discussion. As always, it is Thursday. I'm here with my girl, Brandy Mack, and my guy, Auburn memes. Talk a little Auburn football. Auburn, the three and one, Auburn Tigers. Three will and Face one. off against the 4-0 LSU Tigers on Saturday. The winner stays undefeated in SEC play. We will be back with you guys next Thursday to talk about what we saw. Maybe we're talking about a win. If it's an ugly win, the storylines continue, but a W is a W, and Auburn will be 4-1. An ugly loss, and uh, we're having some uncomfortable conversations about things that we probably don't want to talk about just yet. Either way, the War of War, powered by... The Auburn Express. I said that backwards. It's going to be here with you guys. I'm Mike G. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with Auburn Means and Brandy Mac. We'll see you guys next week. War Eagle.
1: War Eagle.